Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Father, we come before you and thank you, Lord God, for, for great days of uh, serving you, great days of, of the planet just ablaze with so much good stuff happening. Uh, we, it, I, you, you can't keep up. You really have to. Um, you really have to try and hear the voice of God um, in a definitive way, and, and, and then you run and you follow and you do what God's called you to do. So uh, just be careful not to hear too many voices and get scattered. And um, Although I listen to so many voices, it's, it's crazy. But what I'm just saying, make sure you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Make sure you're working that out. Get yourself solid. And um, we made sure with my extension of my house that the foundations were well and deep. Lots of good quality concrete. No cracks in my house. Uh, no, no cracks in my house. Uh, and, uh, you know, like the foundation sometimes crack. The walls, the, the gyprock cracks, uh, uh, you know, but no boost of the foundation. So, Father, we, we, we just come before you and say, Jesus, you are the rock on which we stand. You are Christ. You are the foundation. You are the cornerstone. We're the living stones built together offering spiritual sacrifices to God this morning. And the saints say, amen. Just before we uh, sit down, the streak team from Wyong, uh, crazy love. Give it up for crazy lover in the house. They walk the streets. They hand the tracks out. They, um, they feed the poor. Uh, they go to the railway uh, station, I believe, and uh, minister to people that, that need ministering. I just shop at a particular place. This guy's always chirpy. I've been glancing him for six months, and he's not the same. I just realized his countenance not the same. He's slightly distracted. He's not as chirpy. I need to minister him. I've got to find a moment where I can say to him, hey, buddy, uh, preferably when there's no other customers around maybe and he's not too busy, um, where I can say, hey, buddy, can I pray for you? Who's ever been in that situation? You know the countenance of the person that you've been glancing at work along the sports field, watching the sports, whatever it is, but you know something's not right. Where was this chirpy, endearing person? Something's not right. And uh, so that's a perfect opportunity, guys, when you go back to that place. Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to him. Give me an opportunity maybe to pray and say something. Father, we just pray for divine opportunities during this week, especially for crazy lovers. They go out into the streets of Wyong. Lord, give them favor and grace. Let let them see the doors to walk through. And uh, we commend them to you, Lord God. We commend the team that are in the house of God today. And we thank God for them, serving with boldness and and courage, walking the streets. Imagine that. Uh, Who's into that? Who wants to go out with crazy love this weekend? Uh, Go see. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Who's yeah, the leader? Who's, who's what? Yes, that's you. No, no, it's you. And so if you want to be a part of that ministering team, uh, see, see, um, see the man. Bless you in all sincerity. Bless you. Well, it's Vision Sunday. This is for the podcast. And uh, uh, look, th- uh, thank you, worship team, man. I thought I was in Bethel or 
I thought I thought there'd be when I looked around, I thought there'd be a thousand people in the building or some. I just heard the people singing and and the and and boy, oh boy, you guys can sing. You're not mucking around, aren't you? Boy, that that is fantastic. We've got the most exceptional singers, the best drummer on the coast, fantastic guitarist, Jeff McManus. This is the grandfather files. It's really dear to my heart what I'm going to say this morning. And I, I pray that you'll take notes. I'm going to literally come at you line by line because I want to... It's like the two-edged sword. The two-edged sword, what does that mean? Cutting down deep between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It's the Word of God. It's living and active. The Word of God, your Word of God, when you, when you read it, it's, it's alive with energy. And it, it will do... So, it, he will perform His Word. It will not return void. Can I hear an Amen. These are the grandfather files. This is dear to my heart. You're sitting in faith, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith, say faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You're actually sitting in, residing in faith and the substance therein of what we hope for. No C3 International Global Enterprises did not supply this church to us. We're an autonomous church. In a sense, we got lots of accountability. We are, we are accountable in every which way to what we do as ministry, especially kids. Uh, we had an hour and a half, um, what do we call it, Skype with the key New South Wales guy about how to best run our kids' ministry and all the obligations and regulations therein. Child safety. Say child safety. So... C3 do that really, really well. God is so good. We're in the substance of things hoped for. I need to explain that. Because what happens in the Western world, we think the roads we've driven on, the water that comes out of our tap, the milk that we drink, and even the houses that we live in, somehow just materialized. But this church did not materialize just by some benefactor or by some strange phenomena, <laughs> can I tell you, it was blood, sweat, and tears. But now here it is. Here comes the message. You ready for it? Vision. Say vision. Let, I, I need to go there because when I say vision, you just think around what you see. Eyes that see are common, but eyes that see with vision, that's with the heart, that's a whole nother ball game. I want to give... I want to give purpose for why we give unto the house of God. I'd hate to think people are just giving religiously. I really want to believe that people are giving for vision. There's a scripture in Corinthians that says, we give for the confession of the gospel. You got saved and you go, wow, I am so blessed that I'm saved. Um, I'm going to give to that work. It's like the stuff that we subscribe to and we, we love to want to invest in it. You give to what you are, have vision for. I need to go there. So here, you ready? Notepads, Bibles, let's do this. This is the Grandfather Files. We can start this message now for the podcasters. We're in Division Sunday. Give the podcasters a, a cheerio. We're going to bring our dreams and visions to the altar of God. Can you say amen to that? Um, so listen up for the sake of your children. I, I, I need to premise this. 
This is about vision in you, and this is about, I need to get you with a vested interest. This is about fighting for the vision that God put in your children and the gift that God put in your children because there's a war over their life. The, the world is trying to war them. The enemy and the powers of darkness and every lofty thinking and vain imagination is trying to apprehend their mind and hijack their gift and all of a sudden they're down this path prostituting maybe a gift that was meant for God. Did I make sense in that? That's why I can't stand some of those shows. I won't mention what they are, but I see a lot of prostitution of the gift for the sake of money and stardom. Is that fair to say? So I don't mind some of those people. They're great, but please, even the older famous rock stars, even Bowie used to say, I'm a bit nervous about why these people want to be singers and why they want to be famous. And because he, he saw, he learned a big lesson what it meant to be famous. It nearly killed him. Our great need. Say our great need. Get ready to take notes. Got your Bibles ready? Can you say amen? I'm going to make a case like a lawyer about why you should believe the gift that is within you. The gift has been given to you by God and you're on this planet for a purpose. Do you want to hear that? Do you want to hear that for the sake of your children and your grandchildren? That they're not some biological accident turned up on the planet and they just have to make a go of it the best way they can. No, it's not like that. There's, God's got a purpose. You've been made on purpose. You're here on purpose for such a time as this, like Queen Esther, amen? That's why you got this, this holy frustration, Angela. You're frustrated, aren't you? Who's a bit like that? Who's a bit holy, holy frustrated? That's why we blow out and do this, and we've got to do that, and we've got to buy that, and anyway, chasing ahead. Charles Swindle says, vision is essential for survival. It is spawned by faith, sustained by hope, sparked by imagination, and strengthened by enthusiasm. It is greater than sight, deeper than a dream, broader than an idea. Vision encompasses vast vistas outside the realm of the predictable. Am I getting an amen yet? It's outside of the realm of the predictable and the safe or the expected. No wonder we perish without it, Charles Swindle says. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says on this great day of C3 Vision Sunday, uh, you get, start to get excited. You're here for a reason, man. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, and you'll, you'll know why we are excited about the church and about living on this earth for such a time as this. Listen to me. Stay with me. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's, wisdom's instruction. That's the NIV. I need to amplify that a bit. Let's go to the Amplified. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is not vision, meaning no redemptive revelation of God. Say this, no redemptive revelation of God. The people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable is he. So other versions say, um, without vision, we dwell carelessly. We just stroll through life, come to church even. Uh, another version says, we go wild. 
some of my mates in the 70s, no vision, didn't realize they were born for a purpose. They went wild. One guy walked in front of a train. One guy took too much heroin. Another guy did something crazy. I, I lost about six mates. Went down there, back to my hometown about 20 years later, and the poor guy was broken down, you know, it was just a sad case of humanity with, with the, you know, with the, what do they call that thing, that beer? Carton. Yeah. And I just went, oh, my God. And I'd been saved, and, and I just went, oh, geez, that's sad because of no vision. When you don't have a redemptive vision... Who's got redemptive vision for, for your life, for your, for your health? I'm going to do a plug for Bree Addison, although she's not in the game anymore. I, I had redemptive vision for my teeth. And I just kept on going back to the dentist until everything was done. Until they said, no, you don't need any more work. Uh, we actually said last time that you're fine. No, I, I just got to... Uh, I just want more of that hygiene cleaning. I love that. Just give me another go. I just, I, just, I just love it. I just get fixated on stuff sometimes, don't I? I get a bit... Anyway, let's not go there. That's, that's, but I, I, you've got to have vision. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Jordan Peterson, who's a, who knows Jordan Peterson? Great voice that's arisen absolutely amazing voice clinical psychologist says he says this phenomenal voice that's arisen out of the chaotic voices on the planet that are just speaking ridiculously about modern life he says this he says if he could change he was asked if he could change three things in the world it would be for people to accept more responsibility adapt a vision for your life and get this, and tell the truth. I, I think it's a bit more than just telling the white lies. I think it's about tell the truth to God, tell the truth to yourself, be real, be accountable to your words, and be real before God and what God is saying to you. Tell the truth. Have vision. And here's a big one for young people. Sorry, young people. But take responsibility. That would be a novel thing, would it not? Sorry, I'm going to be a little bit hard-hitting this morning. Those three things can revolutionize people, he says, towards a healthy lifestyle. Develop, he says, develop a courageous attitude towards existence and the belief for betterment, that means preferred future, of humanity. He says, truth in the service of love is the right ethic. And he said another statement, I just grabbed these off the YouTube, he says, love is courageous attitude towards life and living to make a difference in others' lives. Let's give it up for the street team again in Wang that are making a difference with a courageous attitude. And what does it mean that love is the fulfillment of the law in Romans 13, 8? That's your homework. That's huge. That, 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 answers all what I just said. Tony Compalo, who is, uh, do you remember him, guys, back in the 80s? He was a, a big voice on the planet, Christian voice, Tony Compalo. He says, the transforming power of humility, self-sacrifice, and love bring reformation to society. 
not political power. Well, I, I really felt I wanted to share how we got this far and, you know, what's our way forward. And, and people know, if they've been part of this church for a while, they know that I've spoken about the power and the principles of vision. Say the power and the principles of vision. And I've explained that year in, year out. And I think, thank God for Miles Munro, Dr. Miles Munro, who's since passed away. Thank God for his teaching in my life to make sense of vision. Um, Miles, some of Miles' statements are, eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. When you walk through life, do you see a vision of a preferred future of Wyong on fire for God or your, your workplace, your friends saved? Do you see that? Do you see a preferred future for your friends, your, even your, your siblings, your, your extended family? Or you just go, I have no vision for them to be saved. I have no vision. Or do you have redemptive vision? For a while. Well, that is one of the main ingredients. When we were called into ministry back in the mid-90s, Colleen, we had redemptive vision to see Wyong ablaze in the Spirit of God. That's what compelled us. That's what motivated us. We were compelled by vision. Nothing else. Um, he says, there is no greater source of hope and confidence than that of vision. Every great act that has positively impacted human history was a result of vision. Vision is the key of unity. That's why I'm speaking this message. Unless we get behind the vision that God's given us and we all get behind it in serving it, giving to it, and loving it, and passionately you know, subscribing to it, we're just a chaotic mess, to be honest. Um, the church is the sum total of the people that are committed to it. That, that's who the church really is. It's the sum total of people that go, this is my church. I'm a C3 Tugrian. I love what they do. I want to I support it. I'm, I'm here on purpose. I'm, not, I'm, I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking responsibility. Where do you want me? Like Warren and, and Melly. They just go, where do you want us? And Warren's ridiculous. He's all like, well, why isn't that Bill? Well, why isn't that happening? What are we doing here? What's this crappy old thing? I said, whoa, whoa, hang on, mate. It's taken us 23 years to get where we're at. I mean, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you know, these Sydney guys, they just, they think we're made of money. <laughs> There's no greater source of hope and confidence than that of vision. Every act that has positively impacted human history was the result of vision. Vision is the key to unity, the magnet of commitment and the motivational stimulus for personal and corporate discipline. Let me have a look at Richard Branson. He's a guy that understands vision. He's dyslexic, by the way. Um, this is awesome, man. There's a couple of people who actually got very close to Richard Branson when they were sightseeing. And um, would that be you, Andrew, that you got near him? Richard Branson. Uh, Jilly went, got close to him. Uh, pardon? She nearly walked on water to get to Richard. And uh, Richard is uh, our prime example for someone who... You know the scripture that, that the gift makes way for you. It doesn't say education. I know you are outstandingly blessed in your educational field. Your qualifications are ballistic. I know that. But at the end of the day, it's your gift that will make way for you, the Bible says. Amen? So Richard Branson, there he is. He's dyslexic, actually. But he came up with some amazing ideas in the 70s. 
to do with distribution of, of, of music and then ha, airlines. And so there he is. Look at him. He's just daydreaming like I was. I still see my report cards in the 60s. Phil is a great student. He would do so much better if he didn't daydream. This is me when I was about eight or nine looking out the classroom window while the teacher was waxing lyrical about things. And Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans. Can you just say this with me? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I know we've heard that so many times. So let me tell you this. Write this down if you want. The first step to fulfilling your reason for existence is realizing that you have been given a vision. I know it's, it's down there. I've got to get it out somehow. But there's a vision in your children, in my grandchildren, and I am on a quest to bring it out. That gift that's on inside of Moses and in Charlie and my daughter, my grandchildren. There is a vision that's been given to them. It's my job as a spiritual leader to create an environment where that is exposed in your life. Does that make sense? The first step to fulfilling your reason for existence is realizing that you have been given a vision. Vision, write this down, vision comes from purpose. First key to understanding vision is to realize that it always emanates from purpose. I was growing up, and uh, as I've said previously, in the world, but I didn't know I was sent on purpose. I didn't know God was a God of purpose. I was just ambling through the 70s, surfing every point break I could get, you know, living where the best waves were, working here, working there. But I didn't know that I was sent on purpose to planet Earth. No one told me. I didn't know for the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. I didn't know that. Nobody had told me that. Amen? And then, of course, I met Julie. And I remember telling Jules when we're having, you know, when you get first get acquainted with each other and you ask Ebony and Tom, there's deep, meaningful, life-changing. So, so what's your dream? And then I had hair, I had a goatee, man, you know, suntanned, shorts, no shoes. Um, and Julie says, so what's your dream? And you know, you know what I said? It's ridiculous. Because at that time, I was very introverted, very shy. And I said to Jules, I don't know, I did one of those daydreams, I don't know, but... I think I'm called to speak to hundreds of thousands of people. When I said it, I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's been a bit presumptuous. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people? Who do you think you are? Some rock star? You think you're going to be the next Jim Morrison or something? Well, I don't know. But that, do you remember that? Did I really say that? This is awesome. And I said, I really believe my words will make a difference. We weren't even going to church. I hardly even conceded any, any value like that. Never, never. But that's, it was in me. But I needed to find, I needed to find a catalyst 
I needed to find an environment, which I stumbled into at 85, at the, the church, the AOG church, and I found an environment where these other things, vain imaginations and philosophies of man and weird stuff was constraining me, and I realized, hang on, I'm born on, a, I'm born on purpose, for a purpose, by a God of purpose. Who can say amen? That what I just said is life-changing for everyone in the house. You're here on purpose for a purpose, and God has wired you and designed you as totally your unique. Talk about fashion designer jeans. No, you're one of the kind, Katie. You are one of the kind. Let's get your f- fingerprints out. Boop. And you are one of the kind. You're unique. And God sent you here on purpose. Oh my goodness. God is a God of action based on purpose. His purpose is eternal. Psalm 33 verse 11 says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. You can't shake this, guys. It's in you. The purpose of his heart through all generations. Christ God created you with a purpose. That's the second key. God created everything with a purpose. You were born at the right time. You're here for a revel- you're here and you need to get a revelation of this. Ecclesiastes 3:1. I need to speed up. To everything there is a season, a time of every purpose under heaven. So here's here's the earth spinning. Even before the earth was sent spinning, God knew that he was going to send you. He's going, no, not now, not now. Doug Saunders, is that his 18, 1860? How's Doug going to go in 1860? Yeah, what's he going to do in 1860? No, that's not the time for him. Now, drop him in there now. What year were you born? 1990. 1990. Boom, he lands in 1990. Ooh. What am I here for? Well, we're going to help you with that, Doug. There is a determined time for that purpose to be accomplished. Can I hear an amen? Your purpose should become your passion. We should not be bored. Ah, oh, if I could only talk to those, and I do sometimes, Julie, I'm sorry, but I talk to the work for the doll guys down there. I just can't help them. And I just get to them and say things, crazy things. I say to them, you're born with a purpose, man. You shouldn't be bored. You, it's not good for you sitting down all the time. You should be able to do something and go home and enjoy your meal because you did something. You understand that? He said, wow, I never thought about that. I said, yes, sitting down is debilitating. It's terrible for your body. Oh, okay. And you can see they straighten up their posture now. And I said, yes, sitting down is terrible for your stomach. Apparently it gives you bowel cancer. I said, you know, sometimes you've got to be a bit provocative. And, uh, and I said, no, look, trust me with this. Look out there, see what we got find a patch, work it, and by the end of the day, you will feel so good. You'll enjoy your meal. You'll be happy to see your friends when you go home. And, and some do. Some don't. They're impervious to any encouragement. But I love this. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. See, Katrina, she's been serving the house of God 13 years. Is that right? 
She's been doing it on purpose with enthusiasm and it's beautiful in its time. Is it not? It's beautiful what she does. It's beautiful what you guys do up on stage there. It's a beautiful thing what Jesse does in the cafe. It's a beautiful thing what Angela does in singing for the Lord. It's beautiful in its time because you were purpose for that. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I'm not finished yet, man. I'm getting there, man. All right, it's beautiful. Vision is the primary motivator of human action, and therefore everything we do should be because of the vision God has placed in our hearts. That's why I want to leave the giving at the end. Vision influences the way you conduct your entire life, such as what you spend your money, time, and how you prioritize your life. Without vision... You just spend your money on crazy stuff. And you do with your time copious amounts of TV instead of being in the presence of God. You spend your money on something that is useless at the end of the day instead of doing something on purpose for the kingdom. Without vision, you have no values to guide your living. Does that make sense? Life has no sense of direction. Activity has no meaning. Time has no purpose. Resources have no application. When you discover your vision, it will give you energy and passion. That's how we built this church. Here's the scripture, Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. What's the might? That's the Holy Spirit. Let's go to, I shouldn't go there, but Isaiah 11 verse 2. The spirit of might. Does it not say that? Can, can we get that up, um, Isaiah 11? No, it's too hard. But if you go to Isaiah, you'll see seven dimensions of the Holy Spirit. And one of those dimensions is the spirit of might. We went to council, we fought with them, and the guy laughed in my face when I said we wanted to build a church here. Literally laughed in my face. The, the uncomfortable thing was he still works there and he still sees me and he's embarrassed every time he sees me because we built a church and he's embarrassed anyway. He says, all right, mate. I know you, you, you mocked me and laughed at us, but it's cool. You've got to deal with that stuff. The spirit of might, the prayer that we did in the spirit of might, the giving that we did in the spirit of might, the mowing of these paddocks in the spirit of the might, the compiling of plans and Working everything out in the spirit of might. The prayer intercession in the spirit of might. The hours and the hours that Julie with the, with the intercessory team in the spirit of might, Jesse. You know when you were growing up, Julie was out every Tuesday night with her, with her intercessory team in the spirit of the might. My children serving God, PK kids, in the spirit of the might. When it goes astray is when you're not in the spirit and it becomes boring. And it's laborious and they bail out. But when your kids are in the spirit of might and enthused by God with vision, it makes all the difference. You can do ridiculous stuff for God in the spirit of might. Can you say amen? The vision is your heart is the spark that will enable you to pursue your dream because unless you do it with all your enthusiasm and strength, it will not happen. Won't happen, guys. 
This church would not be here without the spirit of might and with all the discipline and, and the might. Phil Pringle tells a story. They've got their own story about how they've got their church built down at Oxford Falls and they have Bible college students, young guys turn up and sometimes they're waiting around in a big auditorium and one guy had his feet up like this, up on the chair. Ah! Do you know how much we sacrificed and how much it cost to get that seat in this auditorium? So he has a cute little talk to him, and he says, don't put your feet up on the seats. Don't do that. That's disrespecting the ones that went before you. There will be resistance. There will be opposition, Jamie, difficulties. Therefore, you have to apply pressure in order to fulfill your dream. Hard work, diligence, internal motivation comes from the vision. Vision is the primary motivator. Vision, I just need to say that again. Vision is the primary motivator. Your gift will make a way for you. How does that work practically? Proverbs 18.16 is a powerful statement of encouragement. 18.16 Proverbs says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Who's been brought before great men through your giftedness? It's, it's a consequence that somehow your gift, your uniqueness will bring you before great men that can allow you to do what you need to do. God's given you, God has put a gift or talent in every person that the world will make room for it. It is the gift that will enable you to fulfill your vision. It will make a way for you in life. Now, guys, get this, get this. God has given you gifts to use for his glory God created you for the purpose of his kingdom and to move his kingdom forward. Can I hear an amen? Romans 12, 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that God has given to us, let us use them. Can I just say that? Let us use them. The purpose of C3 Tugra is to somehow expose the purpose and the vision in your life personally and corporately. I love this Jordan Peterson. He says, developing a vision and taking on responsibility are some of the best things one could do regardless of age. He said in another interview, he said, the sad fact is that people have no vision. But if they knew they are stronger than their misfortunes, I believe, if you, this guy is a clinical psychologist in Canada, a revered genius. He says, the sad fact is that people have no vision, but if they knew they are stronger than their misfortunes, I believe if you turn around and confront the vulnerabilities that are part and parcel of life, you will find strength that will transcend that. I believe that to be true and supported by the best clinical evidence. He challenges young people in particular to take on some vision and take on responsibility and understand that they have a vital role to play in the world. And he's, I, just, I had to rewind this once and twice 
It was quick, but he said it, and he says this, and the lack of their best hurts everything. Did you hear that? And the lack of their best effort, their best giftedness, their best responsibility engagement, we suffer for it, the society suffers for it, the church suffers for it, people around you in your family suffer for it. The lack of their best hurts everything. And the sad thing is that they have not heard such encouragement. This guy has got so many young men flocking to his voice. And now he got the world saying, why are these young men flocking to your voice? Are you a chauvinist? He said, no, I'm just basically encouraging people, men and women, but young people, young men have so been demoralized by modern society in their masculinity and their purpose for living, they don't know if they're Arthur or Martha, so I'm going, I'm going there. They don't, know, they're, they're, they don't even know their own identity anymore. And he said, that needs to change. That's an affront to good, healthy society. And I'm here to say, it's not right. All right, I need to drop in a little story. A little story. What's our vision? I love this. Can you put up that, that, um, that picture? The nature of church is changing up to a higher perspective called apostolic hubs. I just haven't got time to get into that. Sent ones. If you're apostolic, you, you know this, that you're being sent on purpose. When I say apostolic people, what does that say? You realize you're being sent on purpose to this earth, but you've been sent to this church. You've been sent to the central coast. Apostolic means sent one. It's, it's way beyond, I'm a nice Christian. So they're saying the nature of church is changing up to a high perspective called apostolic hub sent ones who meet to explore, who meet to explore our callings, say callings, assignments, creativity, purpose, and plans, but, and vision of God. Why? To influence society with the gospel of the kingdom. What does it mean? I, individually, I hope I've said, giving you enough proof in the pudding to not live haphazardly, not sing, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Help me, Jules. Whatever God's can see. I'm bound for heaven. I don't care about that rubbish back there. As long as I can sing Kumbaya in my house of God. No, uh, we're on mission, guys. We're living in a very difficult environment called planet Earth. We've got the devil out there speaking all sorts of lies about you and I, the church, and it's ridiculous. Thank God for Jordan Peterson. Please pray for him at the moment. He's in a um, special uh, hospital getting uh, attention. He's in a real bad, bad way health-wise. And that is the enemy's plan. Please pray for him. He's one of the greatest voices that has arisen on the planet, Jordan Peterson. Um, all right. I hope you have vision for when I got... Okay. Personally, for me, can I be real? I was living haphazardly, bumping around in life in the 70s. I got saved and I got vision. I got vision to be married. This almost happened overnight, Andrew. I got vision to be married, to know God, love God. Uh, but 
vision to have a family, to have a house called a home, to raise up children, to get fit, lost my beer gut. It's coming back again a bit, isn't it? That's all right. I lost the, the, lost the, the beer. Yeah, I lost the beer and I lost the beer gut. Yeah. I, I just went, well, hang on. One of my kid is drowning at Tuen Bay and I've got a big beer gut. I, I need to, no, that, I've got to lose that beer gut. I want to be able to swim and save not only my daughters, I want to be able to save anyone. So I, I had vision to get fit, amen? Same vision I had for my teeth, same vision I have for my life. It all works through, guys. If you've got no vision for your life and for your health and, and, and for your life, you're just bumping around and anything crazy thing can happen. That's called experimenting with life, amen? God's born you for a purpose for such a time as this. God's got plans and a purpose for you, and they're beautiful in His time, Amen? It's a beautiful thing, Warren, what you're trying to do. You're trying to apprehend the will of God. That's beautiful. Bit of a bun fight, I know, to try and to get that done But for all of us. But okay, that, that, that's personally. Now, corporately, you land in church. You land in church. Now, Nehemiah is the best story that I can give you about what happens. Um, Nehemiah, he's a Jew. Nehemiah, cupbearer to king. Uh, Artaxerxes, help me, King Persia. All right, here's God's, God's man, cupbearer. He sees Jerusalem, which is roughly about the size of this property, about 11 acres. Frank, about Jerusalem. Um, Ezra, who's Ezra in the house? Who, whose child is called Ezra? Boom. Your boy introduced the word of God and built the temple in Jerusalem. Well done, Ezra. Give your hand up to Ezra scribe that, that anointing is coming back on the church to study the word to recite the word to proclaim the word and that's a powerful prophetic name you've called your child Ezra had done that he'd rebuilt the people were in captivity God's people were in captivity and Jerusalem was the walls and you needed walls in those days it wasn't all sensible you know marauders would come in and just ruin everything you needed walls the walls were collapsed and it was just rubble it was just rubble just like there's rubble in this life uh, of, of manhood. Thank you, Phil Cairns. Give, give your hand up for Phil Cairns. Rebuilding the walls of manhood in men because the rubble of manhood, I, I'm, I'm being prophetic here, the rubble of family. Do you know when family's struggling or divorced, the rubble? Do you know anyone's life, no calling, no purpose, rubble? So... <laughs> So Nehemiah, the cupbearer, I'm in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah, he says to the king, the king says, why are you so sad? You're always of good cheer. He said, I can't help it, but I've, I've, I've just got word that the walls are broken down and my people are open for, for anyone to, to come in and take over and cause, cause you know, damage. And, and yeah, our city cannot exist like that. It needs walls. It needs walls. He said, look, Man, you're really grieved about this. I don't even trust you. I don't even believe in your God, but I will sanction you for all the resources that you need. This is a bit like Pastor Phil. He said, man, what you're trying to do, Pastor Phil, is great. Church in the hall, in the school hall is awesome, but now you want to build a church and you want to build a wall and you want to have definite lines. You want definite demarcation lines of where you meet and, 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 and you're the head, not the tail. Well done. Guess what? The king, King Jesus, said all the resources are yours that you need. See, where there's vision, there's provision. Amen? So when your child comes to you and says, I want to be a doctor, 
Oh, gee whiz, you don't understand. We're, we're, we're not uh, affluent people. The, um, you know, the, what is it? The socio-low-economic area here. Uh, Charlie, uh, yeah, tone it down, mate. Look, uh, let's, let's go for just being a builder, a carpenter, a trader. No, we need to say to them, son, go for your dreams. Go for your vision, Josh. Go for it. The gift will make way for your son, your daughter. It will be beautiful in its time. The resources will come. The tutoring costs will come. The gift will make way for you, Bree. The gift, there's conflict, there's, ah, but the gift will make way for you, Jonathan. The gift will make way for you. So Nehemiah turns up and says, look at these walls. Sam Ballant, Tobiah, mockers, ah, whoever you think you are, you'll never rebuild these walls. We had all that in the early days, didn't we? Who do you think you are, C3 Tugger? Look at you, you're not going to... Look at that old rickety old fence and the two horses that end up dropping dead. We had to bury them out there. We won't tell you where. Um, the old stables. Oh, what do you think you're doing? I've got council people laughing at me. I've got the... I got, I got, got, anyway, we won't go there. Mocking, mocking. Sam Ballant and Tobiah, mocking. Even if a fox ran over your plan, C3 Tugger, it would crumble. Your marriage will crumble. Your business will crumble. Your life will crumble. Come down here, Nehemiah, and let's talk about it. I am too busy building and serving the Lord. Don't go down into the controversy. Hold the line. Now, Nehemiah was a gifted leader. I've got to be quick. He had, praise God, he had character. He had vision. He had anointing. He had character. Now, I've got to do this right. He had character. Vision, this is where I can actually, not pride myself, but say to you, I have, still on my first marriage, and, 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 and so what did I say? I, I said character. What did I say? I said vision. I still got vision, guys. I want to do more. I'm going to get to that. And the anointing. Got to fight for the anointing because you can get stale, dry. Nehemiah had character, vision, and anointing, and he says, we need to rebuild these walls. Guess what happened? All the families, the Cairns family, the Flannery family, the Addison family, they turned up a little later. They were definitely God's sent. The Hall family, the McManus family, the Phillips family, they said, Nehemiah, Pastor Phil, he wants to rebuild the walls. He wants to create a church in Wild. But aren't we already a church in a school hall? Yeah, but we need land. We need our own building. We need to build walls through prayer. We need to create a place, a refuge, a city of refuge. The Bible says each family, each family took a part of the wall, took responsibility. Thank you, Jordan Peterson. Each family, the Flaxman family, the Hall family, the Cairns family, they took a part of the wall around this 11-acre property. I think it was 10 acres, but 11-acre the Flannery family took this wall. The priest took that part of the wall. And we had people, thank you, Jesus, over the years that took respectfully parts of that wall. And then the Bible says it got a bit heated. They got discouraged. Sam Ballot Tobiah calling out, mocking them. He, he rallied them again, but Nehemiah he rallied. Come on, guys, we can do this. And they needed to do this because the battle got quite real. They built with one hand and defended Jerusalem with the other. 
people began to pray for us, not only serve at the door and give worship and serve, they began to fight for C3 Tugra. 52 days later, they rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem, 11 acres of land. And that is our story of C3 Tugra. And that is your story if you want it to be. Now, here it is. Everyone's born for greatness. Understand that, parents. Your children are born for greatness. Just say that after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, my child, my grandchildren, or child to be, is born for greatness. Lord Jesus, my child has been born with a vision. Your plans and your purposes to be fulfilled. Lord Jesus, would you help me see those things, perceive those things, war for those things that my child needs to live for and leave a legacy for? Lord Jesus, I need help. Holy Spirit, help me raise up my children, my grandchildren, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord in the purposes and the plans of God because their future and hope is most brilliant in giving you glory in Jesus' name. Father, personally, myself, I pray I would take responsibility. You said, Lord, in Luke 19, occupy, um, occupy until I come. Or another version says, do business until I come. I pray this, that you would understand what your church is trying to do. One of the, one of the parts, big parts of the wall of the church are the finances of the church. When we don't step up to the wall of the church and help build that wall around the church, the enemy comes in like, comes in, man, and he causes he causes damage. He, he slows us down. And, and like he slowed us personally down at certain times of our life. He slowed us down. We didn't know we were born for a purpose, for a vision. As you're beginning to prepare to give this morning, I, I really want you to give for, with a purpose and a vision and say, Lord, I want to step up and be responsible to the vision that I see for my family, for myself. Let's start there. For myself and my family for my town, my community, for my church, Lord. Lord, help me engage with purpose, responsibility, with faith. Lord Jesus, I want to leave a legacy. I don't want to dodge and weave my responsibilities for living on this planet. Lord, help me engage, help me commit to the vision of the local church in the spirit of might and enthusiasm like a warrior. I want to stand like Nehemiah's families and build the wall and build the church. We used to sing, let, we used to say that scripture, let the king of glory come in because he's a warrior. We did that so much in the early days. Jesus, come in. Come into our financial world. We need you. Like a warrior, he came in and he allowed us to do what we've done. 
because he gave us the spirit of might and he's a warrior. He allowed us to, to be valiant. He, he allowed us to, to, to triumph over our enemies. Of They said, you can't build a church in Wyong. The, the, the demographics are, are terrible. Nobody's gonna give in Wyong. Well, guess what? Where there's vision, there's provision. And we broke that spirit of debt, of lack, not debt, lack and the poverty spirit. We used to break it off religiously every week, every day off the church people and off this region. And we still do. Well, guess what, guys? We not only did that for this church, but we did it for a while. We rebuilt the walls around Wyong and we did a prayer march with all the pastors in Wyong. We did a prayer walk around and we prayed for the walls to be rebuilt like Nehemiah's walls. And all of a sudden, the town started to change and all the best businesses want to come into her. Now we've got people coming up from Kanala like, like Warren and Melly going, Wyong's awesome. This is an amazing place to live. But it wasn't like that before. It took people like David's mighty warriors who had the spirit of might. Ordinary people, but with the spirit of might, they could do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They could give, they could serve, they could worship, they could love God. Did I tell you the vision of the church? The great commandment, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The great commission, all authority, Jesus said, has been given unto me in heaven on earth. Therefore, go. The go of the gospel. Go. Making disciples of all the nations. Teaching them to obey all that I have spoken, all that I have commanded. And baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And verily, I will be with you to the end of the age. And the third one, the equipping of the saints the maturing of the saints unto Christ and the equipping of the saints. Through burning bush experience, look at, the, look at the sign, see the experience? That's your burning bush experience. Take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. This is your life. You're being called for a purpose. Who, me? Yes, you. God's going to turn you inside and out. You're not going to be selfish. You're going to be, you're going to be prospering and you're going to be generous. And as you do, your heart's going to get bigger for other people and bigger for the church and bigger for the kingdom. And then you will become one of those families like in Nehemiah's time. You will sense a belonging because without doing that, you are just playing a religious game of turning up to a church and enjoying the energy, the excitement. It's awesome. But can I tell you, the serious traction is taking responsibility of the vision that's in you, the purpose for which you were born. That's the meaning of your life. I pray in Jesus' name right now that that vision God gave you at the very start, it would come to the surface like the axe head. Elisha, that axe head, Elisha, Elisha, the axe head would surface. Your giftedness would surface and your giftedness would make a way for you even before great men, great opportunity. Father, I want to return to you. And in Malachi, it says, how can we return to you? Malachi 3 says, we return to him through tithes and offerings. 
We don't want to rob you, Lord God, of the gift that you've given us, the vision you've given us. We don't want to rob you and bury it in a Milo tin in the backyard. Lord, I would have loved to have done that as an introvert. I would have loved to bury my purpose deep away from anyone. I would have loved to have done that. That would have been. But you know what? I had to dig that Milo tin up. And I had to say, God, did you really gift me with the ability to speak in public, in the anointing, with character, giving vision? Well, Lord, I own up. If that's what I'm born to do to glorify you, I thank you, Lord God. While people are preparing their tithes and offerings, just prepare that right now. Just do that right now where you sit. That was the grandfather files. I hope you were blessed. Julie's found a sound system for the kids' church. Now, here's vision. If you really believe in this church and you want to see this church sustained and continue to do what it needs to do, we would right now appreciate any uncommon gifts in Division Builders. You can get a tax-deductible gift receipt for that. They can do that at the... I'm talking about 500, 1,000, 5,000 even. Um, our bookkeeper is saying we need to reboot. It took us to the, it, it took us out the back door a little bit with putting the elevation room up. We didn't want to borrow any money doing that. Praise God, we were able to build it with cash, but we spent everything on it to get it done so your children could be in there. Right now, we need to reboot the vision builders. We need to get, can you believe with me? We need to get at least about 10,000 into that. We also need to get about 10,000 into the main account. We want to reboot our financial position to go strong into 2020. So if you really feel you've been missing out on tithing, some people do that for a time and they go, what am I doing? And you want to make up for that? Praise God. Um, We just put that opportunity out there and say, Lord, I want to return to you. Like Andrew said, life is like a fleeting goes so quick guys it's like a vapor it's not worth withholding you just get smaller and smaller hearted and as God is turning up the glory all over the world you will find yourself on the outer but if you put your whole life become a living sacrifice now I want you to do this close your eyes and just say Lord I put my vision on the altar I put my plans on the altar, every agenda on the altar. Lord, I, I, want, I want the fire of God to come upon those dreams. I want the fire of God to purge me of anything that is not of God. Holy Spirit, purge me of any materialism, selfishness. The enemy is using selfishness to thwart and contain the church. We break that spirit of selfishness off our people and everyone under the inspiration of my voice. Can't serve mammon, you can't serve God. Let's go full tilt towards God and He becomes Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Maybe this is a moment. Ah, Julie found a sound system worth, I think, about $1,200 and uh, such a bargain we've actually signed off on it it's $500 if you feel to help Kids Church with, with a special offering towards that when you see the, um, the information desk 
say, hey, this is for the, uh, the sound system in Kids Church. Or you might say, this is for vision builders. Or you may, might say, this is for the main account. This is the confession of the gospel from my heart to the church. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I bless every giver in the house. Bless every vision in the house. Let's just stand for a moment. Let's just stand and say, Father, Lord, give me Holy Spirit discernment to recognize the giftedness and the vision in my children. Would you just say that with me? Holy Spirit, give me supernatural discernment a a, a word of knowledge Isaiah 11.2 said Jesus comes by seven facets word of knowledge spirit of might wisdom the fear of God they're saying the prophetic are saying that we're coming into the, the time of the fear of God is coming upon our offerings the fear of God we don't want to end up being like Ananias and Sapphira who dropped dead because that's how intense the glory was back then. We're going there again. The glory is going to break out. The glory is going to break out in our churches. We give unto you, Lord God, for the confession of the gospel. We give to you uncommon gifts. We don't want to cheapskate you, Lord God. We give unto you. Um, those people who have been given sacrificially in the last or started to give their tithes uh, and offerings. Um, in particular, there's some, some people doing that. They need a breakthrough. I pray this. God will not be mocked. You are going to reap what you've sown. And the God of the breakthrough is coming upon your tithes and offerings. The God of breakthrough is coming upon your giving. And is propelling you into a new season of vision. And the recognizing the purpose that is within you. And the devil is a liar if he's told you that your purpose is insignificant. That doesn't matter to the church. Who needs that? What is that? What can that do? The devil is a liar. Jesus said, I am born for this cause. And at the end of his day, he said this, it is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. I want you to get to the end of your day and say, it is finished. I served the purposes of God in my lifetime. It was a beautiful thing. Jesus, it is finished. And can I just say this? Jesus died for you on the cross for your giftedness and your purpose to be shown to you. Come on, guys. By faith, let's access grace. And let's believe the the very reason why you're living on this earth. And the saints say... We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's